0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Podcast of Cape Cod. A couple of housekeeping bits. Please, 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 a lot of you are listening to the podcast. I hope you're getting some value out of it. Leave a comment or subscribe if you don't mind. Let me know how I can make this podcast better, how I can help grow the community. If you yourself are a business or you know somebody that's a business that wants to be on this podcast, send me an email. Hit me up on the Facebook page. The email is at thesbpocc at gmail.com and facebook just search small business podcast of cape cod and it'll pop right up all right so we got a great episode here for you today i hope you guys enjoy it and uh, i'll see you guys when we get inside oh last thing youtube 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 we now have a youtube video of the podcast so if you want to see the names and the faces behind the organizations definitely head on over there check it out and uh, let me know what you think all right thanks so much All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Podcast of Cape Cod. Today, I have Lindsay from Leach's Animal Hospital in Mashpee. Lindsay, what's the address? I always forget.
1: Oh, it's 482 Main Street. All right. Um, You can also get there just by Route 130. Everyone knows that 130 traffic stop there right before you hit Great Neck Road.
0: Yeah, I, I always know it by the actual, is it a dog or a cat? I forget. it's like a golden dog or an animal that sits on top of the sign. And that's-
1: that famous sign. Oh, that sign actually was stolen once.
0: Was it really?
1: Yeah, somebody knocked it over with their truck right after we initially had it sculpted and put up and we had to replace the whole thing. We never found it. No um, way. The golden dog,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. But yeah, the golden dog, that's how I kind of remember it. So yeah, <laughs> right off of uh, 151 or 130, yeah, 130 right? Yeah. 130, yeah. 130 there. Awesome. So how long have you been with Leech's Animal Hospital?
1: Ooh, about 14 years now.
0: Okay. And now it, it's, it sounds kind of obvious, Animal Hospital, right? But what exactly does an animal hospital do? What kind of stuff do you guys do at the hospital?
1: It's all the preventative medicine so we see animals hopefully before they ever do get sick uh the focus is mostly on domestic pets so dogs and cats we do have some ambulatory services for farm calls like
0: cows and goats and
1: horses and are things there like a lot that of farms that was would...
0: on the cape are there a lot of farm animals on the cape
1: there are quite a few backyard farms you would be really surprised and actually yeah, that's where dr leach and his family got their start uh his father actually was the first veterinarian on Cape Cod, and oh, I didn't know that. That's up. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and he grew up working with a lot of horses, especially, and mm-hmm. specialized in equine medicine. And in the early years of the practice, before the actual hospital was built on Route 130, he was spending a lot more time with horses. Uh, but now the focus is mostly dogs and cats, and just trying to send out. The information to make sure that people are safe and doing everything they can for preventative care but there's also a lot of emergency medicine and surgeries happening too okay
0: so you guys have a large enough facility to basically do surgeries out of as well as regular care
1: absolutely almost every day it's actually surprising how how often something comes up when you're out at play and doing things with your dog what kind of little things can arise like you know cuts and lacerations and things like that small accidents
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, And I think part of it too, I'm, I'm in my other job, essentially the main job here. Um, I'm actually in, um, holy cow, I can't even think right now. I am in orthopedic sales. So I'm seeing all the procedures on humans. So it's, it's neat to see how we've evolved and to now using these same sort of procedures, these same sort of protocols and products even in surgeries. I mean, before, you know, without seeming kind of grim, your dog busted his leg that was it right yeah yeah it's not the case right and it's, it's it's almost a good thing
1: yeah there's a lot more opportunity to I hate to use the word practice but to to make the procedures better uh technology is sure. rapidly rapidly developing and there's a lot more options than there ever were for for dogs and cats and horses for all the other animals that we might ever see
0: yeah. I mean, by no means I was trying to bring it, but, but it's good. I was saying it's a good thing. So, Absolutely. so Dr. Leach senior, I'm going to say, just cause I, you know, how long is, how long has the practice been around for? Uh, Dr. Leach
1: junior has been practicing since the uh, early eighties, late seventies. He's been a doctor for about four decades. Wow. His father being the first in the Cape, saw everybody in every town, everywhere, many, many decades earlier. Uh, our Dr. Leach, Dr. Jonathan Leach, the current, uh, was going to calls at houses when he was four and five years old with him. And I'm sure he would kill me if I relayed his age, but.
0: <laughs> we'll that out of it, but. Well, We're, wait. Wait. We're he's gonna not at least say. 40, he's at least 40, we'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's many, many decades old and, and has been uh, near near and far the shore uh, all of the different towns on cape all the different communities but mostly we practice in the mid cape where the hospital is
0: yeah. sure i mean that's where the majority of the individuals on cape are i believe too i mean obviously we're not discrediting people up you know up cape but you know there's there's great vets up there as well so but you do cover that. you do cover the whole cape if need be but you try to, you're pretty busy as is
1: yeah absolutely mid cape i mean To be honest I'm sure there's at least 50 to 100 routinely full-time practicing uh, vets on Cape Cod and there there could be more but especially in the summer months when it's super super busy with and not only like the summer residents but you know visiting tourists that come in and sometimes have unexpected issues come up or last minute vaccines that they didn't realize that they needed before they're going to do doggy daycare or a special trip somewhere so for yeah, sure. it's, there's definitely a need and that need continues to grow.
0: Hmm. Now, do you know, now let's get a little bit of background on you. Obviously, you know, you didn't start the practice, which is totally fine. You know a lot about the business in the background and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about of it. Course. Um, you know, do you know, Let's talk about you. So how, what's your background? What did you get started in? You, you said you did a little bit of marine biology we were talking earlier? Yeah,
1: yeah. My foundation is in just the general sciences, but I specialize in marine biology and emergency management. So I have some knowledge and capability with uh, being able to respond to different incidences, um, research, rescue, and rehabilitation. And I've done that with both domestic animals and also mostly marine wildlife, but wildlife. And and I were you, down,
0: do you down at Woods Hole or was this somewhere off Cape or?
1: Oh, it's all over the, all over the eastern seaboard actually. I did I'm my Sorry, I just, seaboard. I just
0: think marine biology and then all of a sudden my mind goes to, because that's where the, see, you know, of that's course, where it is.
1: The hub of oceanographic research and I have, I have volunteered um, quite heavily with the, with the folks in Woods Hole for a specifically trained volunteer corps. Um, so I do, I love to have a hand in the pot of What's going on? A thumb on the pulse, I guess, of what's going sure, on in the in the animal world on Cape. There's a lot of things happening here. It's a really biodiverse area. Of course, it's not just dogs and cats. Uh, I love that area. Um, I've spent some time with New England Aquarium as well, and uh, I every summer I am whale watching as a marine naturalist on a couple yep. of different with, with a couple of different whale watch companies from Plymouth all the way to to Provincetown. So. I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, a <laughs> bee. it's all
0: encompassing a certain promise, right? You absolutely. Know, it's, all around animals, it's all around what you love. How did you get started? How did you find kind of this passion for it?
1: I knew when I was three years old, when I walked onto Scusset Beach in Sagamore and sat down in the sand and picked up a sand dollar that I wanted to work with animals and really? spend a That's lot of time cool. outside. Yeah. I've said that since I was a little, little kid. And I'm sure just the way that Dr. Leach said the same, he wanted to be a vet when he saw his father doing that, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, do you know why Dr. Leach picked to the Cape or why you specifically, I know you, so you grew up in Plymouth, so you already, you've always been towards the Cape and it's just natural for you.
1: Yeah. You, yeah.
0: You, know, you know why Dr. Leach is around here? Just that he grew up here and he stayed here type of deal?
1: His family has deep-seated roots to Cape Cod and they, they never really left. Although he did go to school, Um, He went to Penn State uh, and got his DVM there. Um, Actually, it's a VMD. It's a slightly different more specific, unique uh, doctorate that he got for his veterinary medicine. And I know that he was at um, Ohio Wesleyan, too, I believe, for his master's program. Got it. He did did have to leave the Cape for his education, but he certainly, I think, got the majority of his experience and exposure here. And that's where his family was from. He grew up in a really huge family. And dad was insistent on making sure everybody did what they loved, and he wanted to follow around with his dad, so that's what he Great. did. There was also a really natural um, client base here, um, because I think one of the really big things that Cape Cod businesses focus on, and also us as a business, as Leech Animal Hospital, we we model ourselves as a family business. Of course, by no means am I saying that I am a daughter to Dr. Leach or anything like that. The the staff members are all very close. We work very well together. Um, Nobody ever throws anyone else under the bus kind of thing. It's a very supportive environment where we feel like family and we treat their pets like they are family because they're companions. And so it was sort of a natural fit for I think for Dr. Leach to come back to where his father had practiced and to assume some responsibility over the families that had long had a history with his father and the care of the animals that they had.
0: That's that's great. That's really important. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can it's it's good. You you need that care. You need that personal touch, especially being right. here on the Cape. You know,
1: and I feel that as well. I mean, from my house in Plymouth, I'm right downtown Plymouth from here to Dr. Leach's practice, uh, it's, you know, there's probably 20 vet buildings, you know, maybe yeah. more. I, and I, I could have spent time at any one of them, but I have chosen to stay on for as long as I have and continuing into the future because of that family feel and the, the care and the support that backgrounds the yes. vet medicine.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, family's huge. You know, it can go one of two ways in business and it sounds like this is kind of a good way, right? <laughs> this is, this yeah. Is fit, so. Yeah. It,
1: it feels nice to have a home that's not the home I go to bed in, but, uh, the, you know, the home that I come back to every for time. Sure. I'm
0: oh, It's super important. So what is, you know, you've been there for how long?
1: Uh, about 14 years now.
0: Okay, so you, you're running kind of the day-to-day with Dr. Leach, kind of helping, you know, run the business essentially, right?
1: Yeah, in some part, I'm, I'm certainly not the, the manager. Um, Susan Caprio is our office manager. She's really fantastic at that. She's been yeah. with us since, I believe, 2009 or 10. Um, but I work as a veterinary technician, so the day-to-day uh, client-patient flow that's happening, um, responding to a lot of uh, correspondence and, and, you know, case work that we're doing, trying to just get the right information to people about the care of their pets, running appointments, and assisting with things like surgery and, and direct doctor care. I do that. And I also do all the marketing. So anything you see for ads in the paper or um, Cape Cod media group, yeah. uh, contest for best vet or uh, the social media that we do with Instagram and Facebook. That's I'm usually behind most of that. Okay. And it's a lot of fun to be able to do, kind of on the side, knowing, you know, when you have a eyeballs inside the clinic on a daily basis, you can get all those cute little pictures that are the special moments that are happening between the staff and the and the pets, and uh, help with
0: that. That's awesome. So, what would you say? You know, running a veterinary hospital, running a veterinary clinic, are they first of all, they're not the same. Are they? You know, if you if I if you say clinic or hospital, are there differences between are there misconceptions kind of between what's what? Even you oh, saying, oh, even you yeah. saying VMD versus D DVMd, DVM, right? You know what? Yeah, what DVM if, versus yeah. VMD.
1: It is essentially the same thing in terms of practice. Um, it's just where the the degree was awarded. Okay. So with, with Penn, uh, that happens to be VMD. It's the only one in the United States that offers that particular degree. Um, and the, But the DVM is the average, like it's a doctor of veterinary medicine. Okay. There are other labels too. For example, the associate vet at our hospital is Dr. Jennifer Narbonne. She got her uh, work was all done in the Royal Veterinary College in London, and she has an MRCVS. It entitled her to get a little bit more... Uh, practice in in clinical duty. I think the program was a five-year program, and she had to take an additional test to be able to practice stateside, back in the United States. Uh, but they're they're essentially the same thing. As far as the word veterinary clinic and veterinary hospital, it's a little bit tomato tomato because we call it clinic every day, but sure. it technically is a veterinary hospital. A hospital encompasses that the idea that you can get more procedures done, that there's a little bit more expertise uh, that you're open longer hours, that you have more extensive relationships with the clientele that you provide services for. Whereas a clinic tends to be um, a quick need, uh, just vaccines, uh, lesser ex- surgeries, things like that. Like you might in hear. And in, stuff. In, what was that?
0: Sorry, in and out type stuff.
1: Yeah, in and out type stuff. Like when you think of a, like Minute Clinic at CVS, right? Or, um, you know, you're not going there if you have a fractured leg from a skiing accident, but you might go there if you have the flu and need to get checked out, right? So we, right. we have clinics in the different towns that allow people to go, you know, for one weekend a month or one weekend a year or something to go just get a rabies tag and a certificate if they're not able to see the vet, like, for the full shebang. Um, so there's clinics like that. But we, we kind of call it both. It is tomato, yeah, no, tomato. <laughs>
0: I think clinic's easier to say than hospital hospital. Oh, yeah.
1: And I called that every day. It's even saved in my phone that way. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: So what's your favorite part of being in the business? Or what, you know, what do you think is your favorite part of running a veterinary hospital, essentially?
1: Oh, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I absolutely love what I do. And, and I know that Dr. Leach does, too. I think he is truly in it for the success of a patient's health like if somebody had a terrible tumor or something and they were able to remove it and they healed well. And also the, the interest of the case study, like the medicine, oftentimes I'll see the doctors kind of like steeple their fingers while they're looking at some diagnostic tool, such as, you know, the, the, the x-ray machine, you know, or they're doing an ultrasound and they see something really exciting, even if it's not a good exciting, if it's a scary or a sad kind of thing it can mm-hmm. still be sort of revolutionary or interesting for me aside from the success of a case you know somebody being able to get their diabetes in control for their beloved cat or something it's the relationships uh, both with the staff knowing that I can trust them I trust every one of those people with my life that I know that they're not going to stab me with a needle that's already poked an animal <laughs> or, um, or if I'm having a really rough conversation with someone and they they step in to support that, uh, to make check-ins when it's been a really long day, and we're just not feeling good anymore, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing, and and the established relationships that we have with the people that keep coming back time and again, and seeing their, the history of their family pets over the years. I know some folks have had absolutely generations and generations of the same type of dog, for example, and it just feels really nice to see them come back and have the next pet after they have had, you know, one receive its angel wings and they uh, are able to fulfill another life or create, create another space in their home for somebody. And it just feels really nice to be able to see that and spend time with that.
0: Yeah. Do you have, do you have a story like in particular that you're thinking of, of like that kind of maybe like a pet that lived to be like, you know, 10, 15 years longer than it should have, like any, like a miracle story type of deal that you
1: I, I have sure say, it happens
0: all the time but I don't know if you have one in particular that kind oh of gosh, you. yeah
1: there's hundreds over the course of time many case cases have built up there's there's two that I think of um, one was meeting a Himalayan cat on my twenty fifth birthday while working at the clinic and it also was twenty five years old and had the same birthday as me really and i I have never met before or since an animal that lived to be 25 years old that was a dog or a cat i mean i'm sure it's happened but we don't usually see them past you know 12 to 14 or 14 to 16 or maybe somebody has the most ancient cat that ever lived and and it's because they've just had the best veterinary care like maybe 18 or 19 i mean i've never met one that was 25 and that definitely shocked me to the point of disbelief and i wouldn't have believed it if the initial certificate didn't show uh there was another we had um a golden retriever it was some years back. The dog's name was Misty. And it was a really, really nice family. Sort of your typical Cape Cod. They loved to go sailing and they partook in a lot of community activities. And the dog came with them everywhere.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, she was a younger dog and she all of a sudden gained a whole lot of weight. And they were like, we have not increased the peanut butter intake on this animal. We're not sure why she's so heavy right now. They brought her into the clinic, and we took an x-ray and an ultrasound, and it turned out she had a gigantic tumor uh, surrounding her heart. And it it expanded into her body cavity and took up so much space that it was hard for her to breathe. It was a very fast-growing thing and looked like a really morbid situation. We performed the surgery on this dog pretty quickly. I think it was within 24 hours, and when we removed the tumor, it filled up a whole like a turkey platter-sized bowl. It was just... Unbelievable. And I, I wish I had thought to take a picture then. I didn't. It was before I was doing the social media and taking pictures of things that probably shouldn't be take it, have pictures taken of them. Yeah, it's um, but we, we all remember that case. And when we closed the dog up and she was still breathing and it had good vitals and woke up just a few minutes later, wagging her tail and responding to the pets that we were giving her. And then she stood up within an hour. We just thought, this can't be real. And she didn't live too much longer, uh, but she, she was gave some more time to her family and we got to see her a lot then. And we just called her Misty Misty e Miracle. And yeah, that's I, huge. That one always stuck out to me. She was an amazing dog and that was an amazing tumor to have to, uh, grow inside you. And then all of a sudden you lose all that weight. It's pretty cool. That's
0: insane. <laughs> that's, un- that's unbelievable. So in addition to that, I guess uh, I guess, I kind of think I would know what the least favorite part of the business would be, but I'm going to just throw that onto you and see, you know, I'm guessing it has to do with the animals themselves and not being yeah. able to do the best things, but that's yeah. my guess. I don't know, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what do you think the least favorite part of the business is?
1: You and I both know, and so does everyone else. I have always felt very grateful and lucky uh, to be part of the process to say goodbye to an animal that's been a lifelong companion, or even not, maybe, maybe a pet who made a great connection and they just didn't have a lot of life left in them. But saying goodbye is very difficult to watch people have to make a decision for and to go through. Um, usually it's pretty obvious to know when it's time. The tougher part, I think, is to try to let people make that decision on their own and not make it for them, because you can say whatever you want as a doctor or a veterinary technician like myself and it, it doesn't matter because the person who has been with the pet needs to be the one to make that decision and it's a very hard one to talk about to think about to process when it's happening and and also afterwards and that's something I think that you know we don't love to talk about but uh, we do have a hard time with it. It, it there's a difference between feeling honor and wanting to be there to help with the process and to feeling to be feeling good about it. We never feel good about it. We always are there to help though. No, so, of course. no, no one ever wants to talk about that.
0: Um, yeah, well, we won't spend too much time on it. You know, I just wanted to, yeah, yeah, it. it's, so, it's,
1: yeah, it's part of it.
0: Yeah, right? it's definitely part of it. And part of this is, you know, as new businesses come onto the Cape and new entrepreneurs are out there and they're trying to start their own thing. It's important to know, what's the good and the bad and yeah. Right. So, I mean, on that token, you know, what, what, if you had to give yourself advice, you know, you've been with them for about 13, 14 years, you said, you know, any advice that you'd give yourself or anything that the business has kind of come into in the past five years that you wished you would have known that you could have, you know, obviously, there's the big elephant in the room, which is COVID. Right. right. So you could never plan for something like that. <laughs> I didn't
1: know we were going to talk about that today. Yeah. We, we don't
0: have to. We can get into it <laughs> for a couple of minutes if you want. But is oh. there anything, you know, is there anything that you should know starting a business out that something that you didn't think you would need to know, kind of especially running an animal or you know, running a veterinary hospital or anything
1: like Right, that? right. Well, gosh, that's a tough one. It COVID is invasive. Um, clearly the restrictions and the the guidelines that we have to follow are absolutely necessary and we follow them. We follow them. We're, we're always, you know, making sure we have every, all our signs posted, everything on social media, reminding people, um, switching leashes out, doing all of the sanitizing and it wasn't very hard to transition into that part because we sanitize a lot anyway. of course. You'd be surprised how often a dog, when they get nervous about getting a shot, they just poop on the floor, (laughs) you know, how they feel. Um, but the transition, I, I wish that we could have known earlier that it was all gonna be okay. It's not easy, but we've actually transitioned to it into it smoothly. Um, it feels as if our caseload has gone up significantly uh, since this whole thing began with restrictions and schools closing and businesses having to peel back what they're able to offer. Um, I would say that we're not able to offer as much looking in of the client who really wants to get services from us or ask questions about their pet. But I do think that our patient care is is top-notch, is absolutely way beyond what the standard is, because we've been able to take in the animals, although not their moms and dads, and really focus on them Mm -hmm. and look at the problems. And we've also gotten better with the smoothness, like the, the flow of how easy that works. Like before we maybe would spend a little bit more time on one thing that was not as necessary. And now we know we're really learning what is really, really important. And we just do it. It's
0: kind because, of like, what, what are you guys doing?
1: Uh, like uh, wh- when to respond to certain calls. I mean, I, I will never say, oh, we would ignore your call. We will never do that. Uh, we always get back to people, but um knowing when to offer advice and go go into a talk about like flea and tick care as opposed to oh well you know this dog is in heat stroke and has 105 fever and we really have to work on that right now and we'll get back to the rest of them later um we've been using social media yeah 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 triage you know knowing when to do what and that a lot of that falls on the technicians the the supporting staff uh, of the veterinarian and also the front desk which we have had to essentially double our staff there because of the high volume of of calling Um, because everybody has lots of questions and nobody can come inside to see what's happening and and they have to wait, you know. Um, But really learning how to manage the wait time so that people aren't waiting for hours and hours and that we prioritize the needs of the pet, simply just the comfort of the pet is the most important thing. And we've always felt that way, but now it's more important than ever and at the beginning of this, I think one of the main things that we were saying you know, is the vet technicians and the, the client care specialists in the front, the, the receptionists were saying, oh, but what about patient care? We have to do all this paperwork and all this. Well, the, the care of the patient comes first. And of we course. really focused on that. Yeah. yeah, that's the number one thing with COVID is like we can still offer that and we're doing it. Surprisingly, I mean, the number of phone calls we get a day. I, I don't know what it's like for other businesses. I imagine... You know, when I go by some of the lobster shacks and stuff like that, like your line is out the door, you poor people. How are you getting yeah. to everybody? And and I don't know how, how people who are visiting those establishments, how they react and how they feel about it. But yep. by and large, people have been really nice to us and really understanding about um, the change in the process. It can be a little confusing, you know, when they first arrive and they realize they have to call instead of, you know, come in. Um, but they've been pretty understanding and pretty good about it. And that, for that, I was super grateful.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's nice to see is people can adapt, right? I mean, obviously yeah. it's not ideal. It's not the best situation that we could be in it, but you got to do what you got to do, right? So you got to right. do what you can do the, out of curiosity. And I, that's just more out of ignorance than anything. I don't know. How does COVID affect, does it affect animals at all? Like do, do animals and pets get? can they get COVID or is this is that that's something a really we haven't really great
1: question. And I know
0: you're not, you're not a vet. So, but you're a vet tech. So, you know, you've seen this more often than I have. And then can they transmit it? You know, I'm not again, I'm not trying to turn this into a COVID talk. I just, am no, it's it.
1: totally okay. I mean, that's, that's what's <laughs> happening right now. And that's the thing that we really need to be the most aware of. Um, and you know, we're as a hospital, we are very aware of all the little that that people think about, but like the sanitation process and, what it means to be safe those protocols are in place for a reason it's not just for covid it's for everything else sure. we've always had that concern with say for example rabies when somebody got bitten by an animal who potentially might be aggressive and we don't know you know what the status of the animal is or what they've been exposed to right same same kind of process as far as covid-19 goes uh, there has been so much talk about it and people are very worried um, and the, my answer for them right now is that we we don't truly know yet, of course, you know, I'm not doing the Harvard medical studies, but I have been keeping an eye out in posts. And there has been some interesting uh, headlines here and there that say, oh, yes, these animals have it. But there's also a lot of scares that when you see certain symptoms that you automatically want to take your brain and go directly to COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. One of Dr. Leach's most famous lines has been uh, to say, if you hear hoofbeats, don't go looking for zebras. Meaning that most of the time, when we see a certain sickness in an animal, you know, a cough, a sniffle, whatever it's going to be, um, that we shouldn't automatically, you know, do the Dr. House MD thing and say, oh, it, it must be such and such disease that we've never heard of that's only in Africa. You know, we, we try to really take the scientific method and think, you know, what, what are we looking at here? What different options do we have? And we go through the whole differential diagnostic, meaning that we really do the appropriate tests that are, you know, process of elimination before we come to that conclusion.
0: Good. And I
1: think that in veterinary medicine, a lot of especially less experienced people have gone straight to it must be COVID. And, and I don't necessarily feel that that's the case. Of course, you know, we are still miles away from all of the really good science and the research that we need to be able to come to the conclusion of whether an animal can get COVID. Uh, but the simple fact of the matter is when it comes to a virus, it can mutate into all sorts of different things because their their ability to evolve is is pretty good.
0: Um, well a virus is a living thing at the end of the day, right so it's its goal is to survive just like our goal is to survive so
1: sort of I mean it has this section of protein in it that functions kind of like DNA it what it actually does is it goes into a living thing organism and it is able to replicate itself. And so that's scary. It's very scary. But they've also been around for a long time. And so although COVID itself is new to us, there's many viruses that act very similar to it. And so, you know, by no means would I ever try to, you know, explain the COVID virus but what I can no, no, do so is- we're, a, not, we're
0: not in that realm. <laughs> absolutely,
1: not at all. But what I can do is assure people that if they're taking the appropriate precautions and following the protocols that they need from wearing masks to, um, you know, washing their hands frequently to kind of keeping their work clothes separate from their home clothes and things like that, then they're doing the right things and, and giving themselves the best chance possible. Uh, when it comes to the animals, we have not seen any Covid, what we believe are Covid symptoms in okay, any of our great. patients, and we haven't heard of any of that happening anywhere on Cape Cod. Um, one of the things that we do to help with precautions, and especially between the spread of any virus potentially from our human clients and our human staff, is that we, you know, we try to take animals on our own leash that we sanitize between each patient. We sanitize every horizontal surface every time an animal goes in them. And we maintain that six foot plus barrier. We wear masks when we do have to speak to people directly. And the vast majority of our um, client correspondence is over the phone. And then we do what we have to do. Unfortunately, without you know, the moms and dads in the room, we, we do what we need to do with the patient in the hospital and then deliver them back to the car. So that kind of curbside service that you're seeing with restaurants. We're doing it with dogs and cats as well.
0: Well, look, it's smart, and, and if nothing, it's kind of a good way to to set the business in general, right? I mean, right. we see healthcare a lot. Is that, you know, and and without sounding rude, you, like you said earlier, the patient's number one.
1: Patients right? absolutely. The, number the one.
0: family of the patient is important. We take their input, but life and limb of the patient is priority number one. Right. Everything else is secondary. So. You know, as long as, and pets are a little different, I'm sure, because there are owners involved and there's right. things like the nature that and you And we need
1: have permission to, to do certain things. Yeah, it's not,
0: we're not saying you're going to go outside your realm and say, nope, too bad. The patient yeah. needs it. We're doing it. Yes. Uh, like and might, here's your
1: million dollar bill at the end. Good luck. Right. Like you, well, might, see, well, you might
0: see that in an emergency <laughs> human case, right? right? The human walks into the emergency room with, with their arms split in half, you know, trying not to be too gruesome. <laughs> you're going to fix that, right? Because you need right. to. But, but in an animal, there's a little bit more and I totally understand that. And I think that the listeners understand that as well. So. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's, let's get a little personal here. Let's, let's find out a little bit more about you and about Dr. Leach, maybe even, I know you said you're in Plymouth, but you do spend a lot of time on the Cape. Do you, does the hospital in particular have like a go-to restaurant that you guys maybe all go out as a community for? Um, you know, are, are you a big pizza person? Are you a seafood person? Like, what, what's the kind of story there? I always like, because again, the Cape is based a lot about its restaurants and a lot about the service industry, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And, and we do have a lot of our clients who own these businesses. And so yeah, we try
0: to
1: spread the love as we can. Yeah. Um, and look, and
0: look, A lot of people, so hold on, I'll preface, preface it this way. Single somebody out. Right. And not because you don't want to talk about somebody else. I just want to spread the word. Right. So if you have a special place, that person is going to have a special place. Everybody's going to have their special place. And there's nothing wrong with that special place. It doesn't mean that it's better than the others. It doesn't mean, I just don't want you to be hesitant and be like, I don't want to say this because of that. And this, look, we're all in this boat together. We're all in this. We are.
1: So, we may not be experiencing it the exact same way, but we are all traveling the same journey right now. I completely exactly, get that.
0: Exactly. So I
1: can, I can tell you, and I'll, I'll say this on behalf of my uh, beloved vet sex staff, we all feel this way. Um, we all are really health conscious. We all eat our fruits and vegetables. The majority of us bring our smoothies in, in the morning and To work in that clinic and to be lifting 100-pound dogs and running in and out of the building in super hot humidity, we're drinking a gallon of water a day at least. Great. But at the end of the day, when you've worked at a vet clinic for 10 hours, what's the most important thing that goes into your body practically on an IV drip? It is coffee. And so, <laughs> Cape Cod Coffee. I lift my hands in. Well, they just built. They just
0: built in that new place. Have you been to the new? Right facility?
1: next to us. It's right next to us. It's literally just a few doors down between the Mashpee Park and ourselves. And we yeah. are so, so we we're the most excited people because That's that means great. our whole staff is going to get our our morning coffee there, and we can do our our post surgery pre-appointment trip to get <laughs> our, yes, usually twice a day, we have to have coffee, and of course, we make it in the clinic, but Cape Cod coffee is the best. We love their um, their, their personality, the culture they established, of course, the taste of their coffee and food, um, their, their image, and what they're doing for the community. I really love it. Um, yeah, that's
0: awesome. No, I'm actually supposed to have another episode with them. I'm coming up in a couple of weeks here. I've been trying to connect with them. Um, but they're that's what we're going to talk about. That new facility is huge. It's
1: the bomb. And there's also one more I'd love to be able to plug for them. I think they don't get enough attention and I've never seen sure. anybody do as amazing bakery items as as they have. But the Chocolate Rose, which is also on 130, yeah, um, very close to us, fantastic bakery. It's on the newer side and I never would have stopped there because I'm usually in the clinic earlier than they open, but uh, we have had several of our clients very generously deliver us humongous boxes of beautiful blueberry scones and apple turnovers and things like that from them, which, yeah, after that kale smoothie in the morning, Feels pretty nice to have I'm one. Sure, of <laughs> I'm sure it's really
0: good to have one side and then the other, right? It's yeah, like exactly. It's all
1: about balance, am I right,
0: yeah, Zach? Of course, balance. it's got to be about balance. No, I actually haven't stopped. I used to live right by the right by Watts Family Farm, so it was. Oh close. really? Um, I had moved before. Obviously, that restaurant's relatively new, or that the bakery. um But I drive by it every now and again. And I just, I just, it's in an awkward location. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I hear nothing but yeah, good you, things about it. you so. would
1: almost slide right by it, but yeah, it's...
0: depending if you're coming up 130 or 150, 100, yeah, it. 130 you'll see it. If you're going the other way, there's a good chance you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's mm-hmm. done some pretty good work with her signage recently, as as I've seen, and, and I'm trying to connect with her as well. So that that's oh, good. Awesome. Those are good two good spots to know about.
1: Yeah, um, and they're dude, right it, there, right next to us. So
0: yeah, exactly. And it's nice and close. It makes things go easy. Um, any beaches you in particular? I know Plymouth's got some pretty good beaches, so you might be particular to, to staying out there versus going on the Cape.
1: You're you're asking the wrong person for that because <laughs> as an established marine biologist in the community, every beach is my favorite beach. Okay, all right, that's <laughs> However, right. however that. the, uh, Cape Cod National Park is fantastic. The signage, the the hiking, the incredible, incredible wildlife viewing. If I were going to tell anybody, wait a second. Maybe I shouldn't tell anybody because I don't want anybody to be there. But
0: <laughs> we've all got uh, our secret spots. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So the best place to view wildlife and just to turn yourself into a powdered donut, if that can be a thing, to just like lay in the sand and roll around in it, I think happens to be Race Point Beach, way, okay. way in the Outer Cape.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: you can you can follow that whole bare and bended arm down and find some beautiful, beautiful beaches and. Um, the, the harbors, you know, Barnstable Harbor is absolutely gorgeous with the, the lighthouse right there, Sandy Neck is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and we can view right off the coast of Plymouth in Plymouth Harbor. We have two little lighthouses that you can see from shore from Plymouth Long Beach and the, the birds, the wildlife, the seals, it's, it's unparalleled. There's no community that's anything like Cape Cod at all. Yeah,
0: it's real, it's, it's a great opportunity, especially if you're, again, big things that bring people to the cape are the beaches and the food right Mm -hmm. and it's good to be able to say look i can also bring my pets with me and know that if god forbid something happens they can be taken care of which is exactly kind of
1: absolutely
0: all-encompassing um so one last thing and then we'll kind of wrap it up i don't know does dr leach i mean it's hard to kind of if you're a surgeon or you're a doctor you're every day you're doing philanthropic work, right? You're really going out there, you're trying to help the community. But is there yes. any particular, I always like to see if there's any particular cause that you guys are particular to, um, any sort of group, even even if you're running your own philanthropic kind of pro- program, Is there anything that you guys do for the community in particular?
1: We try to do as much educational work that we can and support organizations who come to us if they're looking for donations for fundraiser, things like that. We'll be happy, more than happy to give away our services or products, anything like that, that we can to help anybody out. Um, there's there's one organization that we really, really champion, and that is okay. the Mashpee Police. We okay. love to care for their dogs. They're All of them are absolutely incredible, and one is sweeter than the next, although you don't want to have to tell anybody <laughs> that about the dogs if they're in the middle of criminal work. Yeah, they're ferocious, right?
0: Yeah, they're, they're uh, terrible.
1: <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, we love working with the Mashpee Police and have been able to offer care to them for a long time. Uh, one other cause that I can say that we really uh, love to be involved with is the Samson Fund, um, which uh, provides funds for people who cannot afford veterinary care, especially when it's ultra, ultra necessary, like emergency last minute yep. stuff. Um, so people do have to apply for that, but you can donate. I donate every year at Christmas. Um, that's a great organization to to help with pet care when it's really needed.
0: Great. No, that's awesome. Awesome, Lindsay. Well, I always like to give whoever I'm speaking with the floor for the last couple minutes, you know, before we kind of get let everybody know again, all your information, background, stuff like that. Is there anything in particular you want to share with the listeners, the viewers now that we're going to be on YouTube, which I'm a little excited about? Yay. Uh, Personal plug, but um, yeah. Anything you think you know, Dr. Leach would want to talk about, or any any way in which you know you want to let the listeners know how to get in touch with you, by all means, floor is yours.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, I'll just take one minute because I'm kind of a talker, and I know I sometimes overdo oh, it. It's been time.
0: absolutely. It's been a great <laughs> time talking to you. It, it's you know these podcasts for us, for me especially, have been great opportunities to learn more about the Cape. So the more you talk, the better is my my perspective.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if you realize you're going to get what you wish for. Oh, no, um, that's
0: all right. Go for it.
1: As far as social media, if anybody wants to reach out, whether it's with a pet question or they just want to see some really cute pictures or get some accurate, good information about pet care, they can reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we are at Leach Animal Hospital. And our Instagram is, the handle is just at Leach Animal. Really easy to find. Lots of really cool pictures there. Um, One thing I would love to be able to say to everybody is that, like, I know this has been a really hard, stressful, unprecedented time, uh, both for Cape Cod businesses and for people personally and emotionally, and one of the best ways to get through that I have found and my colleagues have found is to be able to express all those emotions and enjoy yourselves with your pet, whatever your pet is, if it's your horse, your dog, or your pet rock, Steve, it's really nice to be able to say that even with all of the lack of control that we have had lately in in the world kind of spiraling to this place that we've never been to before, to be able to spend time with your pet and to know that you're doing good things for it is really, really amazing. Um, Just about two weeks before we had the closures in March, I myself adopted a dog that had been sitting in a shelter in Rhode Island for over a year surrounded by concrete walls and no option for anybody to adopt her. And she's been the best thing that, that came to me and has been very, very supportive. I mean, she should really charge for her psychotherapy. What's, it, what's <laughs> her name? A great job. Her name is Sunny for Sunshine. She's a great okay. dog. I don't really know what she's made of, boxer, bulldog, and something, something else. But um, she's, she's quickly risen as, a, as the star of the show around these parts. And uh, we do really champion the idea of spending time with pet really celebrating them take pictures of them especially in those amazing Cape Cod beaches and if you can rescue adopt or foster uh, of course you know Leech Animal Hospital is a business but we of course champion being able to rescue and care for pets in any way possible and if you need help with that or a connector piece to get started with something like that please reach out and we're happy to be able to help.
0: That's great. That's really awesome. Thanks so much. So, real quick, because I confused it myself, Leach Animal Hospital. L-E-E or L-E-A?
1: L-E-A-C-H.
0: L-E-A-C-H. Awesome, it's, guys. It's so after Le- the uh,
1: the last name
0: of Dr. Leach. There you go. That would I would assume yeah, so. Uh, awesome, Lindsay. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Again, guys and girls listening to this podcast, watching this YouTube show, I appreciate you coming on it is um losing my head here again sorry (laughs) where are we located zach uh we are located off of 151 leach animal hospital right what's the address again it's 482
1: main street route 130.
0: awesome Lindsay. and uh yeah stop by even if it's just to shop in and you know appreciate thank you for what the job that they are doing if you have an animal that you're nearby that needs some support needs some help just needs a regular checkup
1: and we love your pictures send pictures that's it them.
0: you know follow them on social media try and build that community help us build this cape cod area up to be the best that it can be and um that's it Lindsay. thanks so much and i hope you have a great rest of your day
1: thank you thank you so awesome. much thank
0: you. talk to you soon all right everyone episode's over what'd you guys think of it definitely leave us a comment let us know i had a great time on this episode just learning more and more about the Cape just really really jazzes me up. So I hope you guys are as excited as I am, um, and I will see you guys in the next episode. You know, the more of these that do, more of these I do, the easier they become, and just the bigger the community grows, and it's it's awesome to see. So and you guys are a huge supporting piece of that. So share this podcast, let others know, help us grow the Cape to be the best that it can possibly be. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope to see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much.